0: Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here this night on this Wednesday night. I need to make an announcement to the congregation, perhaps in case you haven't heard, but uh, be praying for Chuck Lambert and his family. His beautiful, lovely wife, May, has gone on to be with the Lord about 3.30 this morning. They need our prayers and our comfort, and we need to pray that the Holy Spirit would comfort Chuck and his family, Charlotte and all of them. And uh, we're praying for them. The visitation has been set for Friday at 5 p.m. at White Sanders. And the funeral is Saturday at 1 p.m. at White Sanders. So keep them in your prayers this week. If you have tithes and offerings, uh, you can drop them off as you go out the door tonight. But uh, let us pray for just a moment here. Father, we come to tonight in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Father, somebody that you love dearly and we love dearly too has entered into your presence, God, into the resting place, God, to spend an eternity with you and how blessed she is, Father. But Father, we pray for Chuck and his family, Lord, whom we dearly love. And we're just asking for the comfort of the Holy Spirit to visit him and his family, to give him strength, God, Lord, and give him direction in his life, Father. We're just praying, believing that you are the God that can do that. You're the only one that can love us like you love us. And we're just asking for that divine visitation of your spirit upon his life and upon his family, God. Bless him. Give him provision, God, Lord. And give him peace, God, at this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight we got a speaker that every time he's spoken, he's truly blessed us. And he's going to come tonight and bring a devotion to you, but I promise you he will bless you again because he studies the word, but he's not only a word person, but he's a worship man. And so tonight, would you please welcome John Gerald.
1: Hello, everyone. It's good to see you tonight, and... um... I um, I'm going to uh, ask Steve to go ahead and put up the the picture. I'll I'll get started. Um, I, I wrestled with a title, and I say wrestled because that's kind of what this message is going to be about. But um, I wrestled with a title a bit because I want I wanted it to be called uh, um, "Hang On, Don't Let Go." So I I finally did settle with "Don't Let Go," but uh, I I think you'll understand why this uh, this person that you see in the in the picture is, I would say, in a precarious position. He is uh, definitely somebody that is uh, desperate uh, because they're really—he's holding on to to somebody there. That's if he lets go, uh, there could be some pretty bad things that happen. So I just wanted to get that picture in your mind to start with, and I thought I would talk about prayer tonight. Uh, since that's what we're here for. We're here to pray, and I'll try to make it short so that we have plenty of time to do that. But then my wife reminded me that everyone here has been coming for the last four or five years that we've been doing this, and, and they'll, there's, they'll, there'll be some new ones, but for the most part, everybody's heard a million times about prayer, and they've, they're very seasoned Christians, so I thought I might take a different approach, but then I just kept coming back to that subject. Every time I tried to get away from it, uh, it really just came back again. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start at the beginning in the book of Genesis, chapter 32. And I'm very sorry. Well, I'm not sorry because it's the entire chapter. So I'm gonna read the whole thing to you, and I'll try to do it like better than maybe the Bible app person does it. You know, because it kind of puts me to sleep sometimes. So I'll try to be a little more animated so that you can uh, that you can stay with me. But it's really important that we listen to the words of this chapter. Uh, because it, it really is the it really is the sermon. So, in uh, if you're ready, Steve, chapter 32, verse one, it says Jacob also went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, "This is the camp of God." So he named the place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, in the country of Edom, and he instructed them that this is what you are to say to my lord Esau. Um, You can kind of hear in his voice why he's a little bit scared. Uh, He's saying, my Lord Esau, which I would never call my brother my Lord. Um, So this is interesting to me. He says, your servant Jacob says, I've been staying with Laban and have remained there till now. In verse 5, it says, I have cattle and donkeys, sheep, goats, male and female servants, and I'm sending this message to my Lord that I might find favor in your eyes. And when the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau, and now he's coming to meet you with 400 men. So in chapter seven, it's, or verse 7, it says, In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were, who were with him into two groups, flocks and herds and camels as well. Verse 8, he thought, If Esau comes and attacks one of these groups, that maybe the other group can escape. So then chapter, or verse 9, Jacob prayed, O God, my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you have said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. Verse 10, I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you've shown to your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed the Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid that he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. Verse 12, but you've said, I will surely make you prosper and make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So he spent the night there, and from what he had, he selected a gift for his brother Esau. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, and 20 rams. Are you still with me? Okay. 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to the servants, Go on ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. This is a plan, isn't it? He's, like, he's, got, it, he's got it planned out what he's trying to do here. He's scared. He, he, wants, uh, he wants to send some gifts ahead. Uh, he's also splitting into two groups just in case things go wrong. Okay, So he said, he's, When my brother Esau meets you, this is verse 17, Who do you belong to, and where are you going, and who owns all of these animals in front of you? Then you are to say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to the Lord Esau, and he's coming behind us. Verse 19, he also instructed the second, the third, and all the others that followed the herds. You are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say that your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, if I pacify him with these gifts, I am sending ahead. Later when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. And this is where it gets real interesting, as if it wasn't before. Verse 22. The night Jacob got up, he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and he crossed the, f- the ford of Jabbok. In verse 23, after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over everything he had, all his possessions. And so Jacob was left there alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, being Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go for its daybreak, so all night long this is happening. And Jacob replied, I'm not letting go unless you bless me. Then the man asked, what is your name? And Jacob, he answered, then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob but Israel because you have power with God and with man and have overcome. In another translation it says favor over man. Verse 29, Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him, and he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Um. And I'll just read the last verse in the chapter. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. So in this story, as I said, uh, Jacob was very afraid. Um, He was was distressed because there's 400 men coming with his brother. And why would that be a problem? Uh, If you all know the story, um, it's a problem because Jacob has stolen pretty well everything from Esau, his birthright. Uh, he got the double portion from his, from his father whenever he was supposed to be the, the first one, or, or the second one. Esau was the one that was actually in line. And if you remember, he, he, he put himself with goat's hair, and he impersonated um, Esau. So there was a, a, a rift, I would say, between these two. And some years later, the brother had finally located him, and he is furious. He's mad, and he's coming with 400 armed men. And he's not just coming for Jacob, but he's also coming for Jacob's whole lineage. He's coming after the, the moms, the, the daughters, the, the cattle, the everything. He's going to wipe them all out. And um, he's going he's to just destroy the whole bloodline so that he can be the one that gets the, uh, the inheritance. So Jacob was afraid. He was afraid for his family, and not only that, but he was afraid for his future, his whole lineage. The promise that the Lord had given is in the balance here. So in that moment, he became like the guy you see here. He's very desperate. And he begins to, uh, to focus on the problem at hand, which is Esau. He begins to, to say that, uh, that Esau is the reason for all of this. He is the reason that, that uh, I'm in this situation and if I, and and he starts praying to God, if God will, if you will take care of Esau, then then I'll be okay and things will be okay. So he starts making provision, sending um, things toward uh, toward Esau, cattle and and gifts and things like that, because Esau is the problem here. He is the focus. And God, if you don't do something. I don't know what's, what's going to happen. But, you know, um, I heard an interesting take on this from another pastor. And he said, you know, Esau wasn't the problem. Jacob was the problem. And the real problem is is a lot of times not what we think it is. The problem is us. And God can handle all the Esaus that there are. Every Esau that comes your way, every mountain, every thing that comes in your path is no problem for God but handling the real problem which is you is what's hard to handle and God stays out of that so like I said the issue is not too much Esau the issue is mostly Jacob but when uh, God said whenever I get through this night with you you're not going to leave here like you came you're not going to um struggle with the same issues that you've struggled with in the past because I'm going to touch you and I am going to transform you and uh, and then you're going to become something powerful. He says I'm not going to change I'm going to change your name and you shall no longer be called Jacob. I'm going to call you Israel. And Israel in the translation means prince. And if you also look up Jacob what Pastor, you may know what that means. Yeah, deceiver, liar, uh, someone that uh, that does not tell the truth. So this is quite a promotion that's being given here. So he makes this promise, and it's powerful. He said, "For you shall have power with God and favor with man. Power with God and favor with man." So God has a plan and purpose for everyone here tonight. God wants us to, to make something useful, something influential something powerful for everyone I believe that God is wanting you to fight for your blessing so i'm not I'm not one of those that says that you know like the prosperity type people that believe in in certain things but I do believe that there's two different uh, types of prayer and I, 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 well maybe not t- types of prayer but let me let me say there's there's things I believe that are already settled in heaven, and there's things that I believe that are negotiable. And uh, whenever I started thinking about prayer and and all of the things, there are, there are certain things that that God is it's going to happen because God wants it to happen. But there's other things that you can change the mind of God through fervent prayer. And and I believe things that are that that happened this evening was was not settled in heaven, and there was things that could happen through prayer. And this prayer was not like getting down on your knees and saying a five-minute prayer. We're talking, we're wrestling all night with a man. Some people say an angel. Some people say it was God himself. So if you're fighting for the blessing, that's a supernatural force that's on your life to give power with God, and it gives you favor with man. It causes blessing to come to your life to such a degree that even people that try to hurt you, even the people that that uh, that try to uh, curse you at work, those people can't even come against you because you have the blessing because you've wrestled with with the with the Lord and you have desired what he has for you. In in Hosea it says Jacob wrestled and wept with the angel. So you know you're desperate when you are not only wrestling and fighting but you're also crying and weeping at the same time. So and it was all the way through the night up until the morning and finally there was, the angel just gave up. And it says uh, in Psalms eight and five that he has made man a little lower than the angels. And he has made, um, in Psalms 120 it says, bless the Lord, O ye angels with, which excel in strength. So we know that this is, that angels have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to fighting. Matter of fact, uh, one angel slew 185,000 in the Old Testament. And yet Jacob says, I got this. I'm going to wrestle and weep with this angel because I can't just let my family go. I can't just let my everything, my future die. I can't just, just stop here and give in and give up. And he knew that something wasn't right, that he needed, to, he needed a change in his life. And that this was the moment, and he wasn't going to let go of that angel until he was blessed. So he wrestles, he never gives up. You know, I've heard stories um, about, you know, supernatural strength. Whenever your family or somebody is in an accident, and I've heard of people even picking up cars to, to free people from them with strength that they didn't have in themselves, a superhuman strength because of what was going on in their situation. Their their lives were hanging in the gap. And that's what's happening here with Jacob. His his whole lineage is hanging in the gap. He wasn't doing this for fun. He was a desperate man, and he was capable of doing desperate things. And what I'm trying to say is, when you really want change from God, when you're gonna go more than just in the surface, and when it's gonna be more than that five-minute devotional, then you go right back to who you were what you were doing the sin that you were in you would go back right back into the fear the depression or whatever if you really want change and this has been so hard for me to say because you know I I get it's easy for me to to worship it's easy for me to teach the congregation on how you should uh, adore the lord and how you should magnify him and worship him it's a totally different thing to get up here and preach, and talk about how you should live your life. So I want to thank you pastors for week in and week out doing this because it is very, It's I don't know how many times you have to just self uh, be self-aware of what you're saying. And whenever you say something, like I'm fixing to say, how it doesn't affect you and that you don't just spend every waking moment in prayer from then on. You know, because uh, I really do want change in my life. I want there's there's my there's people in my family that aren't saved. There's uh, there's uh, my my kids need need a, a touch from the Lord. You know there's there's situations that they're going through that that I am not praying as fervently as obviously as it requires. I'm not wrestling with any angels that I know of. And but but notice something here is that if you really want change, you have to get desperate. If you want revival, you have to get desperate. You have to say, Lord, I'm wrestling and I'm weeping and I'm not giving up until I have the blessing. Because the angel or God is closely monitoring this fight because he could have killed him anytime he wanted to. But notice, God is not interested in destroying you or hurting you, he's interested in changing you. And this is what I love about this, is that he focused, and this is God, he focused on one thing, that he wanted to change Jacob. He could have killed him, but instead he just held on to him. He let him fight until there was no more Jacob. Again, Jacob means liar, deceiver. He, know, he, he knows he stole the birthright. He came out of the womb as a twin, his brother Esau, and he had his brother by his heel, and he was trying to remove him from the blessing from the beginning. Something in him was always lying, was always deceiving. From birth, he was this way. But God wanted to get Jacob out of Jacob so that he could reach his full potential. The reason that God allows us to struggle, the reason that God allows us to have pressure, weeping, and wrestling is not to kill us, it's not to crush us, it's not to destroy us, it's to change us. People don't change when they're in comfort. I have never been in my comfy bed and decided to make it a life-changing event. It's more like roll over and go back to sleep, right? And and whenever you're in a comfort comfort-type position, whenever you're happy where you're at, don't expect change. And that's why I think Pastor... Uh, gets on this that we can we have we have the best facilities, we have uh, we have wonderful worship, we have wonderful teaching and preaching. It's easy for us to just sit here and enjoy in the comfort of our air conditioned uh, environment the blessings that the Lord has already given us. But if you really want change, it's never comfortable. We're not likely to change when we're on top of the world. But you see, God is more interested in your character than He is your comfort. He's more interested in his will and his plan and he wants to get the, to the point where he says, hey, you've done this over and over again. You've always went back. When I get with, through with you and we get done tonight, you're gonna, there's not gonna be any more Jacob left. You're gonna come from this place, a prince with God and you're gonna have power with God and you're gonna have favor with men. And I'm gonna open the doors that no man can stop I'm gonna pour out blessings on your life and I'm gonna use you for my cause and my glory. So we've gotta become more aggressive in getting the blessing of God. Again, this picture, I I, I would think I would be very aggressive toward getting back up. I wouldn't let go until I was back up. I I wouldn't stop, I'd be putting my feet where I could get them, I'd be asking for a rope, calling for help. Whatever I could do, I would be desperate. And I'm telling you right now, the world is desperate. We've got a hunger and thirst like we've never done before. And this is where it gets me because I'm, I feel like I've been in a comfort zone for a little while. That I'm, 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 I need to get out of. Because if I want transformation, then I have to wrestle. And the, 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 the world is looking for people who have been so transformed that there's no more Jacob in them. And they have become princes of God. And they have become people with power and favor with men. When we have God's attention, when we're wrestling with God, that's when we need to be aggressive in prayer. So this is the moment. This is when I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm ready to change things in your life. And I'm ready to move you to a level that you have power with God and favor with men like you've never experienced before. And so I've, I'm wrapping this up, I believe. then this whole the whole thing I want to say here is that this is kind of the key of the story is that the angel asked Jacob what his name was. And this is very significant, I believe. And, and I, I wish I had thought of this on my own, but I, I read this in another article, is that what was significant about him saying his name? He said, because the last time that he was asked that question, when his father was dying on his deathbed, when he was blind, the old man was blind and he was dying, and Jacob came in, and when his father asked him, what is your name, he couldn't, he, and, and he couldn't see what he was doing, he said, what's your name, and he said, my name is Esau. And he deceived the father, The father blessed him with a double portion of blessing and then he left. And now one more time he's getting asked that question again. This time by God, what is your name? Or by the angel. And he says, and and finally, and as a counselor, I was a counselor. I don't know if any of you know this, but I was a counselor for two years in uh, Carroll, Illinois. I was a psychotherapist. I went to school for this. I learned, um, you know, a lot about um, sex addicts. Um, drug and alcohol abuse addicts, and I did counseling and group therapy for all of these uh, all of these different types of people. and And it's significant here because he says he's going to finally deal with who he really is. He didn't say he was Esau this time because the last time he did that, he was able to be blessed, but this time he is broken. And he says... I, 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 last time I was a deceiver. I was a liar. I was a manipulator. And the last time that I was asked that question, I, I, I didn't answer correctly. But this time, I am Jacob. And if you guys, anybody that's ever had any struggles with alcohol abuse or anything like that, to know the first step of the twelve steps is to say I, have, I have a problem. To know that I have an issue, and. Like I said, I, I counseled addicts of all types, um, and one thing they all have in common is they lie. And I, and I really, it's, it's very hard to, to, to trust anyone that's in an addiction-type situation because it's in, it's, it's in them to, to, to lie, and, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with addiction. So they cover up the real person that they are, and they they really never admit they have a problem, and they never get better until they first admit, I have a problem. When there's no one else that they can blame or point their finger against, or and that is the only time that I that I've ever seen true transformation. Whenever whenever everybody is gone that they can blame this, the, you know it was my it was my brother. He was always giving me this. He was always you know he was always in my life. Finally, whenever all that goes away and they're and they're alone or they're in a group with with people that have the same or similar situation, they can finally come to true transformation. And I believe that's where Jacob was at. So he's broken before, before the Lord, and he said to him, no longer will you be called Jacob. From this night forward, there will be no more Jacob, but you shall be Israel. You shall be a prince. You shall have the power of God and the favor with man. And that night, Jacob walked away. He had a different name, he had a, a whole different character, and he had a completely different future. He didn't walk away the same. But he walked with a limp. He was not the same person he used to be, and God had transformed him and pronounced blessing on his life. So now if I could have you stand with, and come, come forward for prayer, I'm going to say a prayer to, to start us out. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, inside every Jacob is an Israel. And they're just waiting to be renamed. Inside every Saul from Tarsus is a Paul the Apostle. And they're waiting to be renamed. Inside a drug addict or alcoholic or a person dealing with depression, Lord, there is someone that is waiting to be renamed. I feel like God is saying, I'm ready to pronounce tonight that there is no more Jacob. You are a new creation, and you have power with God and favor with man. The blood that you shed on the cross has the power to transform, the power to change our families. And I believe that many of us here tonight have, have uh, issues with family, that your burden is, our, is your family. And there are people that are coming, just like Esau was coming, to destroy family. I feel like there is power that is against our families. And we're saying, God, do something about Esau. And as you think, and as you pray tonight, I hope that you can reflect and think that it's not about Esau, it's about me. And it's about my struggle and what I need to do To clear out everything and to fight for what I need. And that's to be blessed of you. To be highly favored among men and to be powerful with God. I feel like tonight that God is saying, let me transform you. And whenever I have my will with you and whenever you go home, you won't be the same. You will have power with God, and favor with man. And that no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And there are people here tonight that I think are willing to say, I'm going to get my blessing. I'm not going to leave until I have it. That tonight is my night. Tonight is the night that my family comes together, Lord. That that loved one is saved. That that, that I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Because that's what I'm fighting for tonight. That I'm not going to let the devil take away my family. I'm going to stop playing games and I'm going to be honest with myself and I will tell the Lord who I really am. He knows who you are anyway. And I give myself to you to do whatever you want to. I pray tonight that that we can just get a hold of God and that we don't let go until we have what we need. It's easy to say a prayer, but it's another thing to wrestle and and weep with the Lord. Lord, we need revival. Not only in our city, but Lord, in in our country. And Lord, we need to wrestle with you until we have it. Lord, we're asking for for your spirit to come down in our services. But Lord, I'm not asking just for our services. I'm asking, Lord, for your spirit to come down in my workplace. Lord, I'm asking for your spirit to come down in Walmart. Lord, wherever you wherever I am, I am the temple of the Lord. And wherever I set up my temple, you are there in the presence, and where you are, Lord, miracles happen, things change. And I just pray right now, Lord, for those opportunities to come into uh, any place where I go, that you be magnified. But Lord, I know that there are people tonight that are, that are hurting. They've lost loved ones. They've lost spouses. Lord, they've lost family members and they don't know why. I pray they, and they need an answer, Lord, from you. I pray that they just hold on. Lord, we may not walk away the same. We may have an injury after this tonight. We may have something that sticks with us for the rest of our life. And Lord, it'll be something good. It'll be a reminder of how we overcame. And Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity tonight to pray and to, and to speak with your people. Lord, I just ask that they get a hold of you tonight. And we thank you in Jesus' name.